The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show brought to you by the five folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And welcome to the second installment of our best of compilation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Probably don't follow me on Twitter right now at Michael Kist NFL since there's more important things than football happening in the world today. And that's what I tend to be rambling about these days. Instead, stay with me here if you want to take a breath from the news because in this best of the Kist and Solak show recaps, we're going to go back in time week five through week eight of the 2019 NFL season for the Eagles and reliving the takes, the breakdowns, the reactions, all of that from the KNS reaction shows that we do every week. And if you haven't yet, I would strongly recommend that you go back to the first installment of this series just dropped at the end of last week. I definitely did a better job setting it up there unless you're cool with it being out of order. And just one quick note before we get back at it, Ben was unavailable for the week six recap. So Brandon Lee Gowden filled in, which is why you get some sweet, sweet BLG on this go round of a compilation. All right. 2019 Eagles best of the recap shows weeks five through eight starting now. Week five, Philadelphia 31. New York Jets 6. Let's talk about this game. Ben, brother, I mean, we came into this thing knowing that it wasn't going to be close. We're already recording. It's midway through the fourth quarter. The Eagles just racked up their ninth sack on the day, which is the ultimate regression to the mean after some early struggles this season. Not sure what we can take away from it, but right now the Eagles are up 31-6, to taking care of business. How you doing, brother? Nine sacks today? That's a lot. Man, everything is delicious, isn't it? <laughs> I will say... That when Brandon Graham ends the season with five and a half sacks, six and a half sacks, it's going to look okay. You look to this game. But we're going to have to remember that literally three of them came against the Jets here. So Yeah, I mean, he started out the day on the first drive with a sack. What the Eagles did, they went three defensive lines centered to the left. And Graham got matched up one-on-one with Winters with no help and beat him right there. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to see some regression to the mean. Eagles killer Vincent Smith with an end-around touchdown, a 19-yard touchdown to kind of pull this game sort of a little bit is to he, the point where we could Is record. he a, an Eagle killer? Has he done other things before that I don't remember? Remember, he's the limestone college kid that ran in the four threes. Mike Mike Fury, yeah. the former Lions uh, receiver, was his college coach. He was on the Texans. He burned Sewell last year late in the game. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah? Yeah. That Not at all. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I was ready for something else. And if, if it was what you were going to say, I do have a written statement prepared that I'd like to read. Okay. So tell us about Nate Gary. How did you know? <laughs> Come on, brother. (laughs) Uh, From the desk of Benjamin Solak, October 6th, 2019. In my capacity as the uh, deputy editor for Bleeding Green Nation, the on-air talent for BGN Radio, I have been openly and publicly critical of the performance of third-year Philadelphia Eagle linebacker Nate Gary, who was a sixth-round pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. Parentheses. Actually, he might have been a fifth-round pick. I can't remember, but I don't feel like Googling it. Close parentheses. Over the course of the 2019 season, Nate Gary has seen significant playing time due to injuries in front of him at the linebacker position. Parentheses. It's important to note this is not because he's been playing well. It's been because of injuries. Close parentheses. (laughs) Subsequently, Nate Gary has had two key interceptions in Philadelphia Eagles games, as well as a couple of very laughable plays against play action. Period. 
Anytime that Nate Gary makes a good play, I get added on Twitter, and I would like to give a public statement to this point. Nate Gary is still bad at football, period. <laughs> oh, man, I almost pulled it off. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> Nate Gary's still bad at football. He's made some good plays. Come, I'll give him that. But he's made him against Luke Falk and a broken Matt Ryan, who has oatmeal for brains. The Eagles do not want Nate Gary taking significant reps unless he continues to be the most inexplicable ball magnet in the NFL. <laughs> I take back nothing unless Nate Gary hears this, in which case, White Snake, I take back everything. Cordially yours, Benjamin Solak. I think you wanted to see more from the offense overall. The drives ended in a weird way in a couple places, and I think during the middle portions of the game when they were really slow, they had some early penalties that put them in disadvantageous down and distance situations. Still, I think overall the execution in the first half was not all that good. Obviously, those penalties coming in different situations for different reasons, but I know one was Sproles didn't expect Brooks to pick up the blocker, so when he went low, they had a high-low situation, so they got called for a cup block. I mean, it just seemed kind of sloppy overall. It was Sam Malo, not Brooks. Sam Malo, excuse me, the left guard. You're correct, Sam Malo. idiot. <laughs> what did you think of the <laughs> offensive performance throughout this game? Because I think they left some things on the table. Right, yeah, they like they. I think the offense played better against Green Bay and the Mike Pettin defense, which had talent at all three levels that we lauded, as opposed to against a a Jets defense coordinated by Greg Williams that was lacking for talent at multiple levels that we kind of disparaged. They ran the ball a ton, which brings me to my one major takeaway on the offense. You know, I'm putting on my little tinfoil hat here. Is Doug Peterson? trying to conceal early down tendencies by just running it on first down as much as possible. Because in this game I think he, he was. They ran on almost every single first down. The only first down first and ten to open a drive that I can remember them not running on was the one after the Jets scored. They ran play action and picked up a free thirteen yards to Alshon Jeffrey on a slam, mm-hmm. like as easy as bread and butter. It's just it's very curious to me. Because it, we things that we know. One, Peterson and the coaching staff make uh, decisions with the uh, input of forecasting models with the input of analytic models that project you know expect the points added per play and what the best game script sort of thing is okay so we know that boom we also know peterson has previously been very pass heavy on early downs he's willing to throw the ball on first and 10 this year despite the fact that factor a and factor b have not changed they're running the ball a ton on first and 10 yeah and i just wonder if the goal here in the first six seven weeks eight weeks of the season is to really present a strong, hey, we run the ball on first and 10 a lot number so that later in the season, they can throw it and work our PO games or play action pass games, which is not an unheard of thing. And I don't think they're like willing to lose for it. But I think that that the Eagles are very willing to look like a more run pass balanced team early in the season so as to break that balance potentially later. On top of the, the frequency of the running, the Eagles came out with those pin pull buck sweeps double you know traps and we had check calls and and there was a lot of moving parts on these running concepts which felt very much to me like hey it'd be nice if we could do this in a real game let's see if we can let's see if we can get the checks correct yeah because if this goes for zero yards it's gonna be okay yeah and we have it on film now we can see what went yeah. wrong against these different types of fronts. David Fales sacked for eight yards by Derek Barnett. Ten sacks on the day. The, uh, f- si- they have six defensive linemen with a sack, <laughs> right? Ridgeway, Curry, Fox, Barnett, Sweat, Graham. Oh, there it is. And then Skandrick has two more. Ten sacks for Ten the sacks. Eagles. Mike, I have a question. Yeah. Is that, is that good? good? Yeah. <laughs> All of the numbers about the Eagles struggling to sack are now going to be like astronomically through the roof. And it's also going to be a complete lie. And it's going to look like, like we the never bad had a sack numbers. Right. The bad sack numbers were lying to you <laughs> when they were bad. And now they're good. They're also still going to be lying to you. This is why everything requires context. You cannot just look at a number because both numbers, I believe, were wrong. What 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 about anything that Adam Gase does makes sense? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's not even like right. on the scale of Adam Gase weirdness. Going for a field goal down two scores, fourth and four from the Philadelphia Eagles, thirty-seven barely registers as as like a one. Sam Donald practiced with the one. What are you doing? You trying to kill your quarterback? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's insane, right? Just, the doctors had the same Sam Donald from Adam Gase. That's a problem. But yeah, offense wise, like Wentz looked fine. Offensive line looked fine. Running backs. You know, Howard still looks good. Sanders still looks inconsistent, but has nice flashes. I, they said that Rodney McLeod has been one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent defender for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Disagree. To it, I would say no. Right. But Rodney McLeod played a good game. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins also played out of his mind. Friggin' um, outstanding. From Ridgeway himself. has, Ridgeway remains, solid. like, 
inconsistent. He's inconsistently good. Yeah. is my thing. It's like he has flash plays and then he has bad plays. Right. And obviously, ideally, you'd like that to somewhere level out in the middle, so you at least know what you're getting out of him. Mm-hmm. But he remains like interesting more so than a seventh round pick would have been for sure so i feel very good for making fun of literally everyone that tried to call this a trap game not only on twitter but also in the bgn comments on some of my articles we apparently do not have the type of power that people thought we did our confidence did not cause a trap game so here we are eagles move to three and two that's my Big- favorite part of the trapping thing is like you can't guys if the team hears this the team does not care we don't have that kind of divine power and if we did you should show us some respect they can't play against against the the, Jet, the Vikings as they just played against the Jets. Correct. Eagles have a winning record, 3-2. and two. We will catch you later this week. We all we got? I'm sorry, I, I just got totally thrown off because the Steelers won a coin toss in overtime and they deferred to no. Baltimore. We all we got? We all we need? What? Fly, Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> What? Week 6, Minnesota 38, Philadelphia 20. Welcome into BGN Radio, episode 85, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. I am Michael Kist, in place of Jimmy Kemsky, I guess would be would be the case. Benjamin Solak has been fired for the performance by the Eagles in their 38-20 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. So instead, I'm going to be joined by Brandon Lee Gouton. Brandon. This was a mess of a mess of a mess of a blowout loss. How you doing, brother? Mike, I am doing well in the sense that I am glad I am here with you to rant about <laughs> things I'm not happy about. <laughs> I, there are a lot of things about this game that are very frustrating. And let's just let's just get right into it, Mike, because I am ready to I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, Cousins goes over 300 yards. You can put that on Jim Schwartz, the four touchdowns. The, the coverage was sloppy. The defense was bad. This Vikings offense was exactly what we expected it to be. And Jim Schwartz still crapped the bet against them. Doug Peterson has one of the weirdest decisions of his tenure here in Philadelphia. I've never criticized him for a fourth down decision before, like to the extent that I'm about to for this decision to try to fake a field goal with Jake Elliott instead of just leaving Wentz out there. If you wanted to run a play and get out of bounds and go for an extra shot, that was really confusing. Just overall, there was nothing redeeming about this game for the Eagles, in my opinion. Carson Wentz, from what I saw, played his butt off. And then each game, we tend to have this game where one of the one of the Eagles players is having the worst game of their life. And it's, it's he's not getting any help. This team right now is bad. This was a bad performance. Three and three, and they're playing like it. And it couldn't have been any uglier for him today. Mike, the Eagles failed the Kurt Cousins litmus test. That's what they it did. is. Yep. They, they really did, though. Seriously, not, like yep. jokes aside, they Kirk Cousins beats up on bad teams. Kirk Cousins beat up on the Eagles. Ergo, the Eagles are not a very good team. Uh, and first of all, can I just say, screw you, Zach Brown. Like, really, man? Like, you're going to say that crap before the game. Oh, we want the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands. Yeah, great. He It was in his hands today. And you looked like like you look foolish you didn't do anything out there yourself and the defense got ripped to shreds like great job man like the eagles didn't lose because he made those comments but like they just weren't necessary at all and then he didn't even really owe up to it after the game like he didn't want to talk about it i'm sure he didn't doug peterson man doug (laughs) what are we doing man well my thing is you have zero timeouts if you want to go for it and you want to set yourself up for another shot at the end zone or whatever the case is, you're probably better off doing that with Carson Wentz than you are with Jake Elliott. Then you're also depending on like Dallas Goddard to get out of bounds, which, okay, what if he doesn't? What happens then? Then Jake Elliott has to what? Spike the ball? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I get going for it because of the percentages. The way they did it was just extremely confusing. Like, I just, none of it made sense to me. And usually there's at least an angle you can take with these Peterson decisions that makes sense and like a lot of times people will say well would you criticize him for him if you know if it worked out yeah absolutely i still would and i still defend him when plays you know fourth down conversions don't work because they're the right decision in a lot of cases this one i just absolutely don't agree with i mean first quarter they came out they right it was run 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 he had one pass he didn't have that think about how crazy that is again you're paying this guy 128 million dollars you don't even give him the ball in the first quarter. 
other questionable fourth down decisions in this game from Doug, like not being aggressive enough. I tweet out there about the surrender index. Mm. They decided the Eagles decided to punt from the Vikings 48 and fourth and nine with 1306 remaining in the fourth quarter. The punt ranks at the 94th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2019 season and the 91st percentile of all punts since 2009. Like, what is Mike Girl giving this team? Like, wh- why does he have to be here? Like, is he really helping? Because I don't think there's evidence that that's the case. And, and I just saw a, a quote from uh, Mike Zimmer said he mentioned uh, inverted coverages from the Eagles in previous games. Games, the Eagles got torso. This is the inverted cover too that me and Benjamin Solak are always railing against where it just doesn't work for the Eagles. It hasn't worked from for since the Titans game last year when they started running it and they end up, I mean, they have a whole burn unit. First round pick Andre Dillard, tough task going in for Jason Peters today. His He's going to have to work on his anchor. I think that's very abundantly clear after this game, seeing him try to handle like Everson Griffin and the like. J.J. Arthago-Whiteside isn't giving us anything right now. It's high on him. Miles Sanders is doing wonderful things in the passing game, but he's also gone for what, like, I, I want to say just over 20 yards in his past 12 or so carries the last time that I checked? Well, Joe Douglas is gone, so Howie, you know, it's going to be fixed now. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel like Howie's going to pass the buck. I, mean, I feel like we're going to see a leak at some point. Well, actually, Sidney Jones and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside were uh, Joe Douglas picks. No one is asking for that from J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. They're asking for literally any contribution at all when Nelson Aguilar has been an abject disaster this season and Matt Collins looks like the special teams player that he is where's the speed on this team that can't be all on Wentz just overthrowing it right like that seems like he is not good at tracking the ball to some extent (laughs) is that fair to say there were two plays there was the one along the sideline where him and Trey Waynes are kind of battling with each other and Nelson Aguilar hits the deck you got to be stronger than that. And Aguilar has always struggled against contact. You got to be stronger than that. You're, you have the guys stacked. You're in a good position. Play a little stronger. Don't go down and you might have, you might have a chance to make a play on the ball. The other one in, in, in the middle back of the end zone really confused me because number one, I thought that might have been a slight overthrow or in, in, inaccurate throw by Wentz. But at the same time, if you watch what's happening with Nelson Aguilar on that play, when he's in the end zone, he starts to fade off to his right. The ball lands inside of him where are you going like I, I can't tell if it was an overthrow or a bad throw by Carson Wentz because Nelson Aguilar didn't track the doggone thing like did it get lost in lights again did the Eagles play in the brightest stadiums in the NFL on the road like I don't understand what's going on with this guy in 2017 he was a much better deep threat I thought Zach Ertz had a had a really bad game the other guys around him aren't giving him much they are not helping Carson Wentz in these situations and it feels like Wentz is like living and dying by every single throw in every single play and nobody else is like oh Sean stumbles out of bounds on that perfect throw for him and the side. like yeah. what the hell's that like there's no reason to stumble like he had a, like Carson Wentz didn't lead him out of bounds like he let him fine and he just goes out of bounds and all of a sudden that's a field goal instead of a potential touchdown he's gonna get all the the brunt of the criticism people are gonna put on him because the eagles aren't winning and it's just like i honest to god feel this way 100 like nick Foles, he would not have the same bad luck that carson wentz has (laughs) i mean they need deshaun back like they they need him back like they need him back brother unless it's jalen ramsey I don't know who is going to help this this scheme from Jim Schwartz when he just gets yeah. like just slap out coached like he did today. Jim Schwartz is like it's a real love hate relationship with me and him as as far as the, the the job that he's done. I think he gets overly criticized for some things that he doesn't deserve, deserve to be criticized for about. Um, but at the same time, when it goes wrong, it looks super ugly. And like I said, I thought he get he got his butt kicked today but when he does things right he doesn't get the same amount of credit that he should get and that and it's concerning with the with the players that they have in the secondary right now the way that they're playing the way that their coverage is busting is just ugly on the Stefan Diggs 51 yard touchdown there were two cornerbacks on both sides of the ball both Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas thought that they had safety help it wasn't just Malcolm Jenkins that bailed his own it like you're not giving these guys any support whatsoever and it's the same thing over and over again we talked about the Vikings they 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 quick game the Eagles to death last year Cousins was 30 for 37, 300 yards. Only five passes went beyond five yards that were completions. This this week, they have a heavy play action game plan, which we knew was going to be the case coming into it. And then they ran that little smoke screen four times where Cousins just takes one step, gets the ball out, and the receiver has eight yards of cushion between him and the defensive back in space to make the guy miss. That's putting your defensive backs in a disadvantageous position. So it's 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 really tough to get a handle on Schwartz from week to week. He's just got to be more consistent. Like I said about Mike Rowe last year. So it's frustrating that I am saying it again this year and it was not addressed. <laughs> Something I tweeted out, I guess, during the Saints game last year was like, maybe we don't talk enough about how Eagles offensive coordinator Mike Rowe was passing game coordinator for a 2016 Rams offense that ranked 31st in passing yards per game 
and 32nd in passing DVOA. Yeah. Hmm. Again, they, they put the focus on bringing all these guys in, and those were such big acquisitions, and they made such a big emphasis on it. They lose those guys, and it's like, ah, well, it's all right. Anyone can do the job. Micro, you're in. And of course, at Benjamin Solak, we have to have this every week, but I feel like it <laughs> makes more sense this week with a fire Jim Schwartz. <laughs> uh, he got me for like a half a second. I was like, oh, wait, come on, Ben. Like, you're not, <laughs> you know, like, all right, never mind. I get it. I get it. I, every I week. figured it out. I think Doug Peterson, for some of the faults we've seen with him, I think we've seen enough good from him. Yeah. And the Packers game is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Uh, to make me think, okay, like, you know, th- Doug can get this figured out. He'll see some of the st- mistakes from the scheme and he'll learn from them. Like, I think they've earned some of that right, you know, based on what they've already accomplished to this point. But in the meantime, you know, you're, you're, like after this game, like there just, there aren't a lot of silver linings in the short term. Uh, they're probably going to be, you know, fighting for a third or fourth seed as a division winner. Like that's yeah. more realistic for them. And I think that's totally within reach. There are positives here. It's yeah. not like everything is bad. It's all negative. You, you scrap the team, whatever. But there, there are a lot of holes. I'm not going to deny that. And like, I think talent, the lack of talent, which is crazy because we thought this is going to be one of the most talented rosters uh, in the league this yeah. year. Like I just think there is a talent deficiency with this team, and especially in terms of style, like we talked about earlier. Like yeah. Just not fast enough. Get faster. Faster players, please. (laughs) Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Week 7, Dallas 37, Philadelphia 10. I'm Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. The Kist and Solak Show episode, I think, 135. I'm not not even sure. But we're going to talk to you about this disgusting, unacceptable 37-10 to loss. Eagles drop one to the Dallas Cowboys, who now have the lead in the division. One team came prepared to play from bell to bell. That was the Dallas Cowboys. Do not tell me everything is delicious right now. Mike, I just have, have one burning question. For these Philadelphia Eagles coming off this 37 to 10 loss. Why does Carson get so red during these games? I'm worried about him. He gets bright red. Is is he not hydrating? Is his helmet too tight? I feel very bad for him. He's very flushed. That's how you can tell he's pressing. Someone in, you know, Schuylkill has that take. Where it's like, listen, you can tell that Carson's trying too hard by his skin tone. Doug abandons analytics and chooses to take the ball to start the game for the first time in three years. Is that, an, is that an analytics thing? Is that really an analytics thing? It is. Yeah, analytics favor deferring her points and an extra possession and all that stuff. It's very small, but, you know, Eagles right. take the small edges and, and run with them typically. I, I guess it's a mental thing with Doug. He wanted to get the team to, to start hot, maybe change the mentality a little bit. Definitely didn't work because then Dallas Goddard is stripped by Jalen Smith on the first drive. Dallas recovers. Tavon Austin is left all alone, all alone on an option play that broke Orlando Skandrick in space. 7-0. Lane gets beat for a strip sack. Had a bad game. Dallas recovers. Next play, Zeke trucks Malcolm Jenkins. Also had a bad game. Down at the 1. Next play, touchdown. It's 14-0. They kick off. Sanders receives the kick and hesitates coming out, putting them at the 13-yard line. Stupid mistake. Jeffrey has a drop that's saved by a penalty. So that that was all, all the all the sequence of events there. Now now they get a touchdown after this. Great call, great catch, great throw, and use of the eyes by Wentz on that play. That was one of Wentz's eight throws in the first half. Yippee! But yet again, we got an absolute stinker of a start from a team when you look at it on the whole. And this team just vacillates between pressing too hard 
and having tapioca pudding for brains that's just leaking out of their earballs. This team is clearly and was clearly not ready to play. And that's 100% on the coaching. They've got a problem that's bigger than this game. If they can't get up for a prime time showdown for a division lead with a divisional rival, it is garbage. And they have one week to fix it going into Buffalo before the bye because otherwise their season is probably done. Right. When they were touted as a top three talented team in the NFL. By this podcast. By this podcast and by national media and by everyone around Philly and we all bought into it, right? This team, this staff, this organization smelled their own shit and said, damn, it must be roses. What a failure this has been from top to bottom, T to B. This offense hasn't been the same since the brain drain of Reich leaving and the hubris that they have to think that they had it all figured out and that all of this was fun, that repeating that success would be all gumdrops and lollipops and they'd merely skip their way to another Super Bowl and say, look how much fun we are having. Well, we aren't having fun now. None of us are. In fact, all of us are sick of it. You don't just get to show up on Sundays and have teams lay down for you because you're the mighty, mighty Eagles and everyone thought you were going to be great coming into the season. This whole thing reeks of ego and complacency and there is zero leadership or accountability right now. And you can put that on Doug. You can put that on Carson. You can put it on the vets like Jenkins. And Ben, I'll put it on you to explain to me what the hell is going on with this team because they are disappointing the hell out of us. Lane just has a rough game. Lane just has a bad game. And like the thing is like, humans have bad games. Yeah. It's just this is the one week lane you can't have a bad one. You know, like, but, ah. but this, this is this is what I keep going back to with this offense. Can we have one week where one of the players in the offense, and I skill I said skill right. position players, but now I'm gonna throw it in with the offensive line too, because you can throw in Siamalu with the Atlanta game. Can we have one game? where there is an offensive player that isn't having the worst day of his effing life. The team needs him to be perfect. When he is not perfect, they lose badly. And sometimes they lose anyway. Right. And that's the kind of the expectations that has been put on Carson, probably unfairly. And Carson obviously hasn't lived up to that. I mean, how can, how can you? Now, here's my problem, Ben. There seems to be something that's not on field that's going on with this team. This team has a leadership problem at some level. And like I said, whether it's Doug, whether it's Carson, whether it's Malcolm Jenkins, whether it's Jason Peters, whether it's the coaching staff from Jim Schwartz to Mike Grow, these guys are not ready to play. They're not ready to execute. It's not happening for them. Right. Because it's either hubris or ego or something. Because we already won a Super Bowl and we're having so much fun. This team is not ready to play as a cohesive unit in these types of situations. And it shows up in these past two years, showing up a whole lot. They play teams that they're a lot better than. Better, what do we always talk about? Better coach, better quarterback, better talent. How many teams where we checked all three of those boxes have this Eagles team in the past two years lost to? A few. Too many? Yeah. When your team is unprepared, as the Eagles were, to play against the Dallas Cowboys, when you have multiple instances of the incorrect number of players on the field. Which is crazy to me. And that's right. that's what I'm that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Underprepped, that stuff shows up in those types of situations. What did you say earlier on Twitter? They had more... Yeah, more- at, 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 at the half, they had had f- uh, uh, two plays on which they had the incorrect number of, of defenders on the field and one third down stop. <laughs> You're not going to win the football game. It's like the fourth or fifth time that's right. happened. What is going on with the staff? Two plays were uh, the touchdown of Blake Jarwin, kicked the 63-yard field goal. They had 10 guys on the field. Jesus. Is there anybody in the offense you want to bench? Sure, Nelson Aguilar. But what, are you going to give more snaps to Mac Hollins? Already, Mac Hollins has taken 115 offensive snaps without a target the last three weeks. That's not an exaggeration. When you're Peterson, who by no means is Peterson anywhere near, like, questionable job security. Right, no, people. People are saying like, "Fire Doug." He's not really a yeah. good head coach. And I'm saying there might there might be a, a problem with his message not translating with this team right, right now. But there have been instances in the past where he got it right and he fixed it, and he knows more than anybody else how to fix it. Right now, it's not fixed. He needs to do it. It's it's it's, it's on him. I have more faith in him than literally anyone else in that organization to get that part right. Car- Carson to Dave Zangaro of NBCS. 
quote, when I threw it, I thought we had a touchdown. Carson Wentz on the deep ball to Aguilar. Yeah. Talk yeah. your mess. Big spicy. I thought Aguilar should have done a lot more of that. He put his hands out for a second, brought him back in. I had no idea what was going on. At least lay out for it. Oh, a little bit more than he did. And he's been. Quote. And you know what? Fine. Good for Carson for finally calling some. Excuse me. For finally calling out somebody on this team. Big spicy. I'm so here. Eagles. Uh, Warren Sharp had the sharp football front of the pod. Eagles have given up 20 points in the first half five times in seven weeks. First time it's happened in 30 years, Mike. There's problems on the offensive side. If we're talking about which unit is more responsible, it's the defense. I have given a lot of credit to Schwartz for a lot of different things. Rams game last year I talked endlessly about in the offseason. This season, what has he done other than stack a freaking box? Because, okay, next-gen stats, for instance. Next-gen stats, Ezekiel Elliott faced light box only two of 22 attempts. 9.1% season low against the Eagles defense designed to stop the run. This is what they do. They stack the box more than any team in the NFL. They are a pass-funnel defense. Elliott averaged a season-high 5.6 yards gain and was stuffed for no gain on just one of 22 attempts. I care about the fact that this team continues with shorts to load up the box, not give their cornerbacks help. There isn't a single cornerback that has not, and maybe this comes down to Corey Unlin too, that does not bite on double moves, that does not give up deep posts, that does not give up deep streaks. They are bad at it. They're horrible at it. They give up gigantic swaths of space. And maybe it's on the coaching too that every single linebacker in this doggone system takes the cheese on every single play action pass. I gave you the stat. What was that? 138 quarterback rating against against play action coming into this game? That included the Jets that had a freaking pick six that they shouldn't even had because it was underthrown. They made zero change in the past few weeks on how to change that. Zero change. In helping their cornerbacks. Zero change. And allowing the most separation in the league for wide receivers on the outside. They were the worst team in the league at covering up wide receivers on the outside. And it's for a darn good reason. I'm sick and tired of seeing it. They were in cover zero blitz near the near in the red zone. They got Orlando Skandrick playing eight yards off. Outside leverage. Where do you think that throw is going? That, you have the entire right. middle of the field. That's You've got to be. That rep was amazing. The rep where I got into Fire Jim Schwartz territory was third and 12. It was one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in my life. Eagles got come up, four down linemen, two linebackers sugaring the A-gaps. As a four wide sets, they got four corners about five yards off and then a deep safety. The Eagles basically told Dallas, listen, we have nobody in the middle of the field right now who will be able to react to and run to any play outside. Right, We might bail to the middle field, and they did, because it's simulated pressure. It's one they've ran before, as a matter of fact. like It's on tape pretty regularly. None of our defenders can go help to the outside right now, because they're all up on the line of scrimmage. So the Cowboys ran a wide receiver screen on third and 12 and picked up 14 yards in like the easiest fashion. Like, like, I, like Kellen Moore must have looked at that and like, you know, like done the thing in the cartoons where you like rub your eyes really hard and then you look again. Are you sure? Is this real? <laughs> Am I alive? You, you wouldn't even see that in most other defensive coordinators. That wouldn't even be a thought that was had. With the, with the 11 that are available to you, it's hard to imagine a defense that does well. Just period. Now, you can do better than 37 points. You can do better than, than constant third down busts, constant third down penalties. You can do better than regularly giving up explosive plays in the exact same way. I will not relinquish my point that... Jim Schwartz is very fine with just losing in the exact same way every single week without even trying to implement a solution. And, and you have backups in and you're not making an effort to change anything to make their lives easier, right? Yeah. And so you're running a system that doesn't work with the starters and then worse players get in and you run the same system where you're going to get even worse results. So and, remember, and remember, it was Malcolm Jenkins that had to go to Schwartz last year and tell him, hey, brother, we are drowning out here. You need to simplify this. Right. That was with worse players. You know, like th- those frustrations for me that are very real with Jim Schwartz. But like, you know, when you do not have the 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 cornerback personnel even when healthy to play man-to-man coverage at all it's hard to run any sort of successful defense who gives it but but look but look what they're running isn't disrupting anything to allow the pass rush to get home at least allow the pass rush there is zero chance for this jim schwartz says, says the coverage needs to be better for the pass rush to get home let somebody stick somebody at the line 
You're playing eight yards off. You're playing in Wyoming. We're playing in Florida. What's going on? Do something about it. Right. No, I'm like, that thing is like, again, like you can put these guys in a situation that where they're more likely to be successful. I just, you know, I do firmly believe that Amari Cooper versus Rasul Douglas, no matter what you do, is going to be advantage Amari pretty much all the time. Yeah, no, right. no, for sure. And I'm, and I'm, but I think you know, I recognize that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. We both said you're going to need to give help to Rasul against Amari Cooper. Did he get a whole lot of help on that double move? I saw, I saw middle of the field safety. Struggling to get over there. Yeah, well, Ronnie, they, they started with a three-receiver uh, three nub set. They motioned yeah. Cooper. And yeah. so, Roddy was shady. Didn't get back to the middle of the field. And then even then, you know, Cooper's weak side. As 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 uh, Chris Collinsworth very nicely detailed on the... Uh, the hey, hey, bracket them. Find a way to give your sure. corner some help. I mean, they never right. do. They bracket never them, do. Bracket them means go split safety. And how long we've been asking for this team to just try going split safety? So, this, this is what day. I'm saying. I think that, like, yeah, I think to me, like, if you want to circle the area in which I think there's consistent failure everywhere for Philly, it's positional coaches, right? I mean, like, again, like, circling back to our conversation last week, which a lot of you gave really positive feedback on kind of the way that we approached the Minnesota game and the minute recap and some of the frustrations. You got ID for me, like, besides Stoutland and the offensive line, where are players getting better? Where are young players improving on this team? And that's the hubris that I was talking about at the at the at the top of the show. The hubris to think we have everything that we need inside of the building. Right. We'll just promote everybody. We lose Reich, we lose DiFilippo, we'll promote everybody. They can figure it out because we have it figured out. You you don't have it figured out. You have to be able to surround yourself with assistants who can help you do the work. You need to be able to be a, a full integrated coaching staff unit. And so for Peterson, if you have a question about him as a coaching, as a coach right now, it's you were brought in, you were given Staley, everybody else has been yours. Reich turned out great. Filippo was kind of like known, you know, he's an offensive coordinator for multiple years and he comes back to be a quarterback's coach, but Filippo turned out well. Once you lost those guys, yeah, the interior promotions just simply have not had a positive effect. You've got to be able to find good assistant coaches from across the league and bring them in. Or if you're going to promote press and grow, you've got to make them into something. At the real Dick Finn. (laughs) I love this pick, by the way. His avatar is a uh, a penis on a fin. What about about Tim Koala at Koala underscore Tim? Tank for Rugs, talking about Henry Rugs, the guy that basically runs a four flat. But that Rugs is going to be gone. Number one, he's an ultra competitive guy. The NFL is going to love him. He's going to freaking fly at the combine. If we're looking for a deep threat, right. you're probably looking at KJ Hamler from Penn that State. That young man, let me tell you, kids a blur can scoot. Also, uh, you know, Jalen Ragor. You, you can only say the name and then you have to say goodbye to the gentle listeners. You have one choice to vote off the island. Who are you voting off the island between Jim Schwartz and Mike Groh? Then See, say wait, goodbye to the gentle listeners. This, no, is, this a- is what we're doing. This is my show. The only time I'm ever going to pull that card on wow. you. Wow. Because I am upset and you are not upset enough. Right. I'll, I, I'll fire Groh. I think there's a better case for Schwartz to say, listen, like my defense really has not been healthy. Like I have the corners I've been playing with are literally multiple street free agents. Like I've, I've been able to put out better defenses before. Let's figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I told you just to say the right. name and say goodbye, but you're too valuable to the show. So that was, that was a, that was an oh, empty threat. I wasn't listening because <laughs> I was shocked while you were saying that I was literally typing out a poll. We did not talk about this beforehand. And oh, my boy. poll is. You can only do one, fire micro or fire Jim Schwartz. I didn't even see that. Yeah, I literally just sent it. This is amazing. We're so we're on the same wavelength. God. It's like we're finishing each other's sentences. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Solak show here on BGM Radio. <laughs> we do appreciate you swinging by. Week 8, Philadelphia 31, Buffalo 13. I wouldn't necessarily call this a statement win, but it's a good win, and it's a win that the Eagles absolutely needed at this point. How you doing, brother? It's yeah. I mean, everything is delicious. Thank you for <laughs> asking. I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's again. Oh no, we 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 put ourselves with our back up against the wall. <laughs> what should we do? Go win a game. You know, win. Yeah. Like you know, the Eagles' two most you know resounding, impressive uh, you know victories. Like you know, we really feel like they came out and they they won the game against a good team. Even if you thought the Bills were not not that great of a team, this is still a team of talent. I've uh, been so far against the uh, the Packers when they were one and two, and the Bills when they were three and four. Now, if you continue 
<laughs> only winning games when you drop one game below 500 eventually you're gonna end the season at 500 philadelphia's in a spot right now to make the division come down to the week 16 game against the cowboys if they beat the game if they beat the teams they should beat that's what it'll come down to very good win coming into this game man you saw that there were 25 mile an hour wins there were gusts of over 40 right. miles an hour I remember in the preview show, I was saying this needs to be like a 12 personnel bully ball type of game. And that's exactly what we got from the Eagles. And, and credit to Doug Peterson, the offensive staff and, and everyone for cooking up a really good plan that would work in these type of elements when it came down to the screen game. Like, you know, necessity is the mother of invention when it came to that for them, because the screen game was fantastic. And then the running game. I mean, you just look at the stats here. 218 rushing yards. And you controlled the ball for 35 minutes and 57 seconds compared to the Buffalo Bills at 24 minutes. You controlled the clock. You didn't turn the ball over except for that one Boston Scott deal on uh, on special teams. So really physical game. You go into their house. You beat up on them. You play bully ball. Carson Wentz was very efficient, making plays on his own too, creating on his own. Uh, just a good game overall from this Eagles offense against a very tough Bills defense. And then right. the defense did what they should have done against a Bills offense that really has been inept for most of the season. So just a, a really Solid win. We got, we got to talk about that touchdown by the Bills, by the way. Nate Gary, what are you doing, brother? But go ahead. Yeah. And like, I get it. You know, I really like if it was not Nate Gary, I'd probably be more apologetic to the player. Right? I'd be more sympathetic, I should say. Uh, but it was Nate Gary. So right. it was bad. Well, because it's not an aberration. He adapted it to him the week before. He gave up his responsibility. Right. Now you're talking about you've got 14. It's third and goal from the 14. Right. Line. It's, like, it's not like it's like third and four. It's third <laughs> and 14. So yeah. just stick with Beasley. Make him cross the line. Let the pursuit and come. Then, right. And then if he gets it, he gets it. Right. But the much higher percentage play <laughs> is the give is, me throw. The wide open throw at the two yard line. Right. That you just created because he had charged Allen. Complimentary football. Offense was playing well. Defense was not. Defense was was playing well. Offense was not. And then the defense gets a turnover. Oh. Good play call from the, the Bills. I know that that there were some people critical of it in, in Bills media, but I liked it. Got a quarterback power. Didn't they have a touchdown on that last week? Like that was. I, yeah, I liked and, and like run. the Eagles had it pretty nicely boxed up. But like Josh Allen needs to know in terms of execution, you got to protect mm. that football. You're mm. gonna get accosted. Eagles recover. Able to punch it. You got three runs to set up for uh, first and ten from the twelve. Uh, you're able to get all the way down uh, to about the five, I believe it was, and then it's the fake shield screen yeah. to the corner post from Dallas Goddard, which is a real nice design. Works this. a lot off of what the Eagles do well, and that's just Dallas Goddard playing big boy ball in, in the red zone. A, a good defensive outing yeah. turned into a good offensive outing, and this mm-hmm. is complimentary football. This is how you want your, your, your systems to work together. Three down sort of an offense, not really pushing the ball down the field, not picking up big chunk gains. Took about to the third quarter to get into a rhythm. That's too long. But for the first time in weeks, there was not a massive hole to right. dig out of yeah. for the offense by the time they got into rhythm. Carson Wentz is making great plays with his legs, and they're, they're doing choice throws, and they're running the ball really effectively. 14 plays. That was, that was a backbreaker. What a, what, a, right. what a nice drive that was. Yeah. Right. And so that's what this, this team could be in terms of the unit and in terms of the uh, consistency. Yeah. And, 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 and and the talent coming together. But again, it was flashes. So we're not there yet. Play designs mm. and, and, and the areas of the field they decided to attack. Uh, you know, going into the flats with, with the tight end screens. Getting into the flats with your running backs, Miles Sanders. Oh, really delightful. Yeah. Uh, great. A lot of backfield motion. A lot of pre-snap looks. Some two-back looks. Some weird uh, unbalanced sets. Everything to get those linebackers hesitating just a bit. And then either A, they had Jordan Howard coming straight downhill at them, or B, there was a quick play into the flats, and then you're expecting your 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 playmakers to pick up yak yardage. The nub sets we talked about, too, were a big part of the yeah. offense, the YY wing, yeah. Miles Sanders, my mentions blew up. I got out in front of it, though, because I tweeted in all caps, Miles Sanders, never a doubt, but his 65-yard touchdown scamper. What a beautiful design this was. A little pony package, a little 21 personnel. Will split back, whether you want to call it a lead draw or a lead ISO. It wasn't a draw. It was a handoff all the way. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Thorne called it a draw, and I think he's smarter than you, so. Me and Brandon Thorne are going to fight. <laughs> Just kidding. He was in the Like, Army. whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. That the, the concept is the same. Great hole. Jordan Howard picked up a two-for-one as a blocker, which is fantastic. This guy's oh. making contributions in every facet of the game. And Sanders, not a lot to think about, not a lot to read, sees the hole, and that's when he can show off. You know, that very, very good burst. And look, he was good, man. 
open field on the screen early on in the game that set up a score, elusive in space. You get this guy in space, he's he, he can look really, really good. Encouraging signs for Miles Sanders, and I think it's good for him from a mental perspective to get that that big explosive run, that big touchdown run, and give him sure. some confidence moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, like, the thing is, like, you know, you got it out of a very peculiar look in terms of the split back is something the Eagles have sprinkled but not really relied upon. And then, yeah, you get that lead ISO. And, I mean, Jason Kelsey gets inside on Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, Jordan Howard gets inside on, I believe, Lorenzo Alexander. Right. Poyer is too aggressive down into the hole, and there you go. You know, Bob's your uncle. Like, it's a runway. And that's what <laughs> that's what's nice for Sanders is that you had that runway, and then it's just how, you know, who's got the Jets? And in this case, Sanders got the Jets. Yes, sir. The average Nelson Aguilar play in terms of target or handoff is like negative EP a play at this point right mm-hmm. like if you're targeting if you're giving the ball towards nelson Aguilar, you're more likely to be losing a chance to win than winning getting look, a chance to look win. at look at the stat line by the way four receptions seven yards two carries seven yards brother that's not getting it done with sanders it's been listen we're trying to get this guy the ball for the explosive multiple missed tackles chunk yardage we've been doing it through the air when you know we've gone it hither and thither there we had the great screenplay where he you know followed the blockers for a, a decent amount of time for Miles Sanders. Yep. And then broke into open space, made a guy miss, and picked up some extra yardage as well. And that's what you're looking for with that player when you draft him. And then you have the 65-yard run where it's like, listen, you know, Jordan Howard, Darren Sproles, J.J., LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement, any running back you want to name over the Doug Peterson era is not housing that the way Sanders did because they don't right. have the speed that Sanders does and the, the acceleration yeah. especially as well to break that last angle. He's been inconsistent, but these were the players that you were relying on in the beginning of the season to bring the speed components to your offense. You know, the, a lot of these plays where he bounces it, where we don't like that he bounces it, he misses these holes. And he'll continue to gain consistency on that front as he gains more reps. We have to remember, this guy started one year in college. Mm-hmm. It's not like as a backup, they were like, let's get Barkley off the field for this kid. Like, you know, he did not get a ton of touches. So he's going to gain consistency at the NFL level. But there, there was that, that touchdown drive in the second half that just blew my mind. He, the, the Eagles got the Bills in these following situations on this drive. First and 20. Second and 20. Third and 14. Second and 10. Third and 8. Second and 13. Third and 13. And third and 13, they brought up the, another predictable blitz. Ball came out quick. Touchdown, Devin Singletary. And you're going, what is happening? And then the next drive, it's like fourth and 10. And Ben, I, I put I put up there on Twitter, click like if you had zero faith that they were going to get stopped on fourth and ten. Darby ends up making the, the the pass break up there, but situationally, and this goes back to the to the end of the first half that you alluded to before, right? Eagles score, Bills get the ball with like twenty two seconds left and some timeouts, and they can't make a freaking tackle. They can't they can't bring down Josh Allen. And they almost get a field goal out of it. Like brother, the worst, the, the crazy situational stuff. If you as what a you, defense look cannot, get so aggressive on third and long, right? Right. So all of a sudden it's like zero blitzing on third and 14. It's like, do you know who you're playing? It's Josh Allen. So that's what's what's so worrisome is it's not even like the Eagles defense was playing bad in the sense that they were regularly giving up first downs and, and couldn't answer anything the Bills did. And they were just getting beat on all cylinders. They were getting into the best spots a defense could be in. Yeah. And, and then failing fit. abysmally in those spots. <laughs> yeah, like some dynamicism. Dynamicism. Is that a word? Let's hope so. Okay. Hey. Good game from Carson. How about uh, the, he kept on the, the, on that 14 play drive, he kept two third downs alive in the second third one. Third and five and third and 10, yep. Yeah, but and the yeah, third that and third and 10 was, uh, they called it an RPO on, they called it like a, an option play, like fake screen, quarterback draw on the broadcast. And when I saw it, I wasn't sure um what exactly it was like maybe it's an rpo where like the run tag is a quarterback run doug says in the presser carson looked at wider screen wide receiver screen didn't like it and figured hey i can probably pick up 11 yards on my own with the entire offense not being on on board with this and he could (laughs) um like you know big carson gotta respect that um yeah he he carson like you know i didn't put carson my winners column because 24 passes one touchdown like you know carson's a good player and i'm not gonna you know molly coddle him by claiming that's like a big win for him you know i mean he played a he played a mistake free game in bad weather conditions and protected a lead very nicely especially with his with his legs late in that game through a couple nice balls the deep ball to alshon was a beaut uh zach Ertz to set up the first and goal to salt the game away it was another very nice throw uh in stride and everything like that uh you know the people are making a lot out of this whole zach Ertz isn't getting targeted thing no, I don't mind it. <laughs> well, I mean, they had Tredavious White on Zach Ertz for a lot of the game. So, yeah, right. I'm going to come off that. Yeah, but I'd say if uh, the entire Eagles receiving core is Alshon Jeffrey, 
Yeah, I'll cover Zacharis with, with Tredavious White. That ain't no problem. We have yet gone now another game with Matt Collins not getting a target. Oh my god, brother! I I, w- I this might be just the least productive stretch in terms of snaps to receptions and snaps to targets of a wide receiver just like in history. At Feldman underscore Zach, longtime listener, he says resign Jordan Howard. It's gonna be a no for me right now, dog. If Howard is going to pick up a bulk of these carries and whatnot, I, I just want to see him get through healthy. Ideally, Sanders is your 1A after this year, right? Like right. By the end of this year. Yeah. So if Howard is 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 cool with being paid like a timeshare guy, then cool. But I don't think you will be. on. So it might be tough to land on a price point. I don't think the Eagles are going to pay out of pocket pretty heavy for Jordan Howard. G- uh, Gene Smith says, Stolness called it. Brother, Stolness. Predicted yeah, it. Johnny Boy, one of my winners from the week. Exact score, thirty-one thirteen. Well, we're we're suckers over here. Yeah, being yeah. Debbie Downers predicting the For a the second there, I thought we were gonna get like twenty-eight thirteen. My prediction was twenty-eight sixteen. I thought right, and I was like, oh, cool, twenty-eight sixteen. I called it. Mm. Um, just with the wrong team winning. The Bills had a top five easiest schedule in DVOA history going back to nineteen eighty-six. The Bills were the worst five and one team in DVOA history. I called them paper tigers. I cannot stand up and say this is a this is a defining win. They beat a really right. like they they beat a bunch of tomato cans. Let's be real about it. Like I don't think the Eagles are necessarily that like much back. better on like that much better on paper than they were, mm. but they were always better than the three or four team. And being four and four is a big deal in terms of the playoffs. So the the win matters at a great deal in terms of like the playoff race. I still think they pretty much are what they thought we were. They are what we thought they were. Yeah, but like we also thought and i'd still think they have enough talent to like beat dallas and win the division so mm. you know even after that bad game against dallas we'll see what it is say goodbye to the gentle listeners who we are now bashing because they don't know how to do three words correctly as we always do yep thank you as always uh, for listening to the kiss and soul show here on bgn radio we do appreciate you swinging by eagles beat the bills 31 to 13 as john stolen has told you <laughs> so make sure you're following the feed and you're listening to at the podium if you want to know the score beforehand you cowards. Uh, <laughs> Eagles are 4-4 four four now, looking at a home game against the Bears next week. That's a 1 o'clock game, if memory serves. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast. You should expect the All-22 Review Show coming your way sometime late Tuesday, early Wednesday. And the Bears preview shows, which, trust me, will be a treat, given how Michael feels about Mitch Trubisky. You <laughs> do not want to miss those as well. So that'll be later this week as well. Full week of content as always. Thank you so much for listening. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. It's K-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solik on Twitter at Benjamin Solik. That's S-O-L-A-K. We will catch you on late Tuesday, early Wednesday. And if you want to see some good trolling of the Bears, go to the Chargers social media account. It's fantastic. Word. Anyway, we all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs>